Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Uh, for coming and being a part of our service uh, today. I'm, uh, I, I was thinking as Lauren was leading us when she did that uh, little bit of an introduction there into that last song where she just preached my message, so we're done. And, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I did appreciate very much that uh, as you introduced that uh, to us. And uh, I... I, I wanted, you know what, I don't know as you were looking at the, uh, if you're looking at the slide, uh, the wonder, the, uh, the, the feeding of the 5,000. I, I really like that last weekend, Pastor Brian started this series with faith. Um, his different examples of faith reminded us that faith is acting on belief. So it's the miracles of faith coming to life, not just out of the scripture, but in each one of our lives. And, and, and it reminded me that faith is not not a, a scientific experiment. Um, it's a relationship. It, it, it's a life experience of believing in something or so uh, or someone, and then we surrender ourselves to it and we act on it. I, I, I don't know when you look at at the the message title today uh, whether you find yourself um, re reflecting on the wonder of what happened. Um, Maybe you wonder, did feeding the 5,000 really happen that way? Uh, or, or just maybe when others saw this little boy gave his five loaves and two fishes, they came forward and gave what they had. It, that'd be so much easier to believe if, 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 if that's what really took place. But I, I don't believe that. Uh, possibly you're looking at that title and wondering it, uh, if, if you could have taken the stress of Jesus turned to you and said, hey, you go feed them. And, uh, and uh, or I, I, maybe even more practically, uh, you're wondering, so how do those miracles apply to ordinary me? I, I, I'd like to suggest, I, I realize that feeding the 5,000, there's multiple ways you could go at that. You learn to know that I like to, I like to speak from practical experience. I'd like, to, I'd like to speak from something that takes us out of here to live better, more closely with Christ in the next week and with the people that we're with. And uh, I, I, I really believe that this miracle teaches us how to live our everyday life. And uh, I, I want us to think that way. I, I'm not saying you're going to be able to open your pantry and feed 5,000 guests. Um, I, although as I was writing the, my manuscript, I was thinking about that. You guys do that with Feed His Children. You open your pantries. You're, you're a walking miracle of God's grace in this community. And congratulations on that. I'm, I, I'm so blessed by that. My days in working with the corporate world, um, there the, we had a guy that was in charge of building all of our trade show uh, displays, and and he was a character to say the least. He was difficult to get along with. He was he was kind of a grouch if you really wanted to know about it. And the last thing you wanted to do when you went on uh, when you went with him to one of the trade shows, you did everything you could to find out a way not to go to dinner with him. He 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 wanted you to go dinner with him, uh, but. But, but man, he was so rude to, to the restaurant personnel, and, and that, that really truthfully doesn't even describe it adequately. Uh, but he was noted to say, if he didn't see it, he couldn't verify it. He, you might be wearing a wedding ring. But he'd say, well, I wasn't invited to your wedding. I can't, I don't, I can't 
attest that you're actually married. Uh, and, and, and he lived his entire life that way. I, I often left Chuck thinking he's missing life. He's really, really missing life. It, and it, it reminds me as we come today it, that we have to make a decision on how we're going to live. You and I, each one of us, we have to stay. We have to, be, we have to decide, am, am, am I willing to grow or, or do I want to stay where I am? And, and I realize that to grow means change. And many say change is hard. I don't disagree with that. that it's true in the fact that, uh, uh, that, more importantly, that I can only change right now. Stop and think about it. You can only change right now in the moment you are living in. You can't change yesterday what you said you were going to do but didn't. You can't change what you did that you wished you hadn't. You can't change yesterday. I can't change tomorrow. You can only change right now in the moment. And, and I, I'm not saying don't plan for change. I, I realize we have to make plan to do something in the future. And, and it also talks about this change being something that most people are, are fear or, or fear afraid of. We're, we're afraid of the unknown. And, and a lot of times because we failed before. I tried to lose weight, didn't work, did it? Look at me. Um, I, 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 I tried to live within a budget, but couldn't get it, along, couldn't get it done. I, 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 I tried to get along with that person, but it doesn't, it just isn't working. We find ourselves stuck wondering, well, what if, or if only, or what's wrong with me? Christian Swartz of Natural Church Development wrote about uh, living in the moment. He actually did a discipleship series on it. And he gave this diagram uh, uh, to illustrate uh, right now. Because right now, in this moment, this second, is the most important time of our lives. Because that's what we're, only thing we're guaranteed to have. Every moment for us is more than just a second in time. There's two different timelines up there. If you look at them, that top one very simply says the past and right now and then there is the future. And, uh, but in truth, every moment of our lives is this combination of past, present, and future. Like the lower timeline shows. Each moment is pregnant and, and I can use past failures. I, I'm inadequately prepared now and there's no hope for me and I can stay right where I am. That, that's an option we have. Or we can come to each moment of time in our lives and see it is full of opportunity to use the wisdom from the past, to be challenged by the opportunity of the present. And to in faith, choose the great potential of the future God created in you and me. Each one of us, God has created us as a masterpiece to be that for him. Our Bible lesson today illustrates this. Um, and, and I will tell you, and I don't have the time to go into it, but this lesson's changed my whole approach and thought on life. The last time I was with you, I shared the story of my life briefly and thankful that I was a real-life example of a miracle of God's grace. But more importantly, truth of the matter was, I was set free to live. That's what's important. And in today's miracle, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to live, really how to live in the moment. It, it, probably most of us would admit that we're probably guilty of living the moment on autopilot. Right now you're worried about how icy it is out there and if you're going to get home. Or you're thinking about how you were sliding into, sliding into here. Or you're thinking about what you did earlier today and, and you're wondering, 
what's to come. So even right now, and I tell you anyone, as, as you're listening, if you, in the last 10 minutes, how much of that time were you really focused on exactly what was happening? Or how much of that time were you thinking about something else? We, we live our life. Probably most of us are guilty of that. And uh, if, if you think about it, our culture would have us spending more time focused on what we don't have rather than celebrating, living, enjoying what we do have and experiencing the fullness of the moment we're in. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 14, if you will. And, and, I, and I realized that I was reading this, it's, it, it had to have been one of those days uh, to remember. You, you know, you get together with a group of friends or, or family and you say, man, you remember when? And you start laughing like crazy or you, or you, or you, or you start crying or you, well, well, you know, you, you have that emotion because, yeah, I, re, I remember that. Well, it's interesting because the feeding of 5,000 is recorded by all four Gospels. It's only one of three events before Jesus goes to the cross that all four Gospels record. And I don't want to go into the background of it, but it's interesting when you look at feeding the 5,000, what happened before, what happens after, all of that, I can see why it'd be a day you never forget. Let's start at Matthew chapter uh 14, and we're going to be at verse 13, and I, I'm not going to read the whole scripture through. I, 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 I really like to just start talking through the scripture, read scripture, stop, stop, and how does that apply to me? What does that think? And that's what I want us uh, to do today. Uh, so as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote place area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, this is a pregnant moment. Um, and, and it wasn't planned. Sometimes God has a plan for us that is first like, you gotta be kidding me. This is happening right now. But, but and, and so too often we're absorbed in accomplishing what we set out to do that we miss the big picture of God. And the big picture of God, we often say is love, but it's compassion. And uh, I'll be bold enough to say that if we would live every moment of our day out of compassion, everything would change. It'd be, the, it'd be some of the greatest days of our lives. Most of us, we'd have to change our way of thinking. Um, and, uh, and, and yet, I'll challenge you that if you read every miracle that Jesus performed, or you look at every word that Jesus said, he said it out of compassion. It's important for us to recognize that if, if we're going to digest his miracles, if, if, if we're going to wander about this, we're going to wander about where it came from. Verse 15, it says that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Notice, past experience would say, we don't have enough. Conventional wisdom is send them out of there so they can get something to eat. Now, the fact is they went there to rest. They get out of the boat and they work all day helping people, encouraging people. They were probably tired. But notice what Jesus says in verse 16. He's, Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Now, dig in here a little bit. When we find ourselves in over our head, 
Rather than give up and give in, we need to think about this. We need to remember Christ in us. We have a purpose in every situation. No matter where you are, we're important to this moment. Now remember, they had just come back where Jesus had given them authority to go out and cast out demons. If you go back and read it in the earlier part of the gospel or in the other gospels, and they come at back celebrating all of this they've done and they fell back into their normal life pattern. Well, we don't have enough. I'm so guilty of that. I, Jim Book, not, maybe not you. I'm so guilty of that. I see Jesus work miraculously in the next moment or situation I find myself going, I don't have enough. There's nothing I can do in this situation. Verse 17 says, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fishes. Notice there now their fixation on the present. We aren't equipped. Now, first of all, I'm not faulting them. I don't even know that I'd have mentioned I had five loaves of bread and two fishes if I'm sitting there looking at 5,000 men and women and plus women and children. Um, but, 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 in, but, but if the past doesn't pick us back, think about our normal life. If the past doesn't set us back, Satan wants us to think we aren't prepared for now. That's what he wants to do in our lives. Jesus didn't smack them and say, well, that isn't enough. What do you guys think? Go out and find some more. He says, bring them here. He said in verse 18, and then he tells them to sit down on the grass. What did he just tell them? That's enough. And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fishes and he looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. I like the NIV there. A New International Version says, and he gave thanks. He looks towards heaven and he gives thanks. You see, here's where we get messed up in our theology and Christian living. I think it's important for us to realize that as Christians, um, we think we have to have enough. We don't have to have enough. Jesus didn't look at them in disbelief. What we have to remember is when we surrender what we have, God multiplies. That's the key to Christian living. We surrender. He does the multiplying. We have to surrender what we have and then that's all that God expects. He never expects you to give more than what you have. Yeah, look up and give thanks and give what we have. You know, truth matters to we're generally too busy begging for help. And uh, when, but when we surrender what we have, God does the multiplying. Listen, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to look up and say, Lord, I don't have enough. Lord, I don't, I, this is way bigger than me. And I will tell you that in every situation in my life, God has always, always come through. He goes on in verse 19 there. And he says, then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and the children. John records that Jesus told them to pick up the pieces so nothing would be wasted. They didn't just get by. They had all they needed. Twelve. They each had a basket full. There were, the five loaves and two fishes weren't even one basket to go out. But what happens when he tells them to go out and gather? They each had more than they ever gave. I love the fact that Jesus tells them to pick up the pieces. 
What a picture of, of a now moment. What a picture of a decision uh, of what the past would have said to do and what we'd have thought we wanted to do was just to send them the way. In that present situation of five and loaves and two fishes would have said, I'm afraid we aren't even close to having enough. Right there, those two statements is a picture of life without God. A person always seems to come up short. Let me tell you something about right now, this moment in Christ. When you find yourself in a situation and you're frantically looking for someone else in your, that should be, you want them in your shoes there right now. You, you, you may think you don't even have what it takes, but stop and look up and give thanks. How often do we thank God for those yucky situations? You're not alone. God didn't say, oops, I messed up getting you into this situation. Sometimes we do mess up and get ourselves into situations. But remember, God's faithful even if we aren't. And we need to look up and give thanks. The beauty of right now is we're not stuck in the past. And the present predicament we find ourselves in, remember God has a plan for you and me. I don't have to lose sleep. He has a purpose. It's not failure. And you and I are in that situation because we have something to give or something he wants to teach us. Never, never forget that. Sometimes it's both. As I look back on the many what in the world events in my life, I, I view them entirely differently than I used to. And we need to reprogram ourselves in our lives. Seemingly bad things. All these people there with no food. Their opportunities. What did Jesus say? You, you feed them. I... I, I'm going to just give you a simple example. I, there, you, you probably see a, should see a picture of a car. I, Ellen and I used to ride Harleys, loved to ride, and, and did a lot of riding. When we moved to Peoria, we, I'm a little guy, if you can't tell, I'm little. Uh, but uh, but it, and, and, it, and it, I felt unsafe with Ellen with me. And, and so I said, you know, but we still liked riding together. So we gave up her sitting behind me and we, gave, we started sitting side by side. Had a lot of fun. Um, and I, uh, we bought that and, and then when I went back, into ministry at, at Peoria first as their pastor there was there was a group of guys in that church and they said Jim you got the perfect car let's race and, uh, and I don't know if you know anything it's an S2000 Honda they're, they they are one of the best cars for autocross racing they're they sit for uh, ground clearance is 4.3 inches so when you're sitting in that car you're about 8 to 10 inches off the ground it's lower than a motorcycle truthfully but you you felt safer I don't know but um, and it uh, and it had top end 157 mile an hour. Never had it quite there. I won't make that statement. Uh, but uh, but and and it was this gentleman's car. You could go out for this quiet ride. But let me tell you, when you put it on a on a car circuit, and you got that thing over 5,000 RPM at 8,000 RPM, that thing is a screaming machine. It didn't have anything to do with the now moment. It led up to the now moment. One morning, as I was, when I was working for the district, I was whining to God. Did you ever whine to God? I said, you know, Lord, all I ever do is I, I, when I pastored, I used to get to share the gospel. I get to, used to get to see people, and, and, and that isn't happening now. And, and, uh, and what, what I, you know, I, all I do is talk to pastors. I, most of them know Jesus. There might be a few that need him. I, you know, I, I can't tell, but, but I said, I, I 
Anyways, and I was just my prayer time. It must have it was probably probably mixed with what I was reading in scripture that morning and reflecting on the scripture. And I don't remember what for is early in the morning. I had to go back, I had to go out to the garage for something, who knows? And I walked out the car, and here's the next picture is what I saw in the car. And uh, there was my car, and, and, and uh, the shelf had fallen over on it. That was a box of ceramic tile. Uh, it, it, annihilated the, it annihilated that car. I mean, it, just, it had huge gouges in it. It destroyed. And, and, you know, normally, in a regular moment, you'd go, <clears throat> you would just be frustrated. But in that moment, I heard... The voice of God, not in an audible way, but I heard the Spirit say, well, now I took care of that for you, didn't I? You're going to get to talk to the guy that gives you the estimate. You're going to get to talk to your insurance company. You're going to get to talk to the people at the body shop. <laughs> it actually struck me funny. I walked, back in the, it, I walked back in the house. I said, Ellen, when you go out to go to work, I said, don't get, don't, I, I saw it, and, and the Lord just was dealing with me. And, uh, and, and so, but if we stop and think about it, every situation we find ourselves, that's what we are. Jesus wanted the disciples and us to see that taking time away from what we really crossed the lake to do, there were people who needed help, and God wanted to use them in that moment. You know, I, I, can't, I can't believe that when Jesus gave those disciples their first basket full, and they go out to the crowd. I can't believe they're not sitting there thinking, this is a train wreck. Because this basket full, 12 of them aren't going to get us done. And, 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 I, and I realize that uh, so often in our lives we think, this is never going to work. I don't have enough. This isn't going to go far enough. And we give up way too soon. Because we think it depends on what we have. God just doesn't work that way. I love that. Twelve baskets of leftovers. Twelve baskets of people. Or, or, or Twelve baskets of food. And, and then sometimes we're so busy we don't stop and reflect on the leftover pieces. We'll go through something in life, whether it's traumatic or just a frustrating thing or, or a normal, even normal, everyday life. To see the true beauty in what God did for us is pick up the pieces from that day. Look at them. Celebrate them. There's more there than what we gave away. We truly do get back more than we surrender. Let me tell you in Christ, surrender what you have and you're going to get more back. Yeah, it may not come back in the whole. Yes, it may come back in the pieces. But they're more than what we can possibly give because God has multiplied your life. And I can tell you I don't remember a time in my life that I haven't gotten back more than I've surrendered or given up. Let me ask you something. What do you need to surrender so God can truly multiply you, can truly multiply what you have? Maybe he wants, to leave, to, he wants you to learn to live each day in a moment and, and, and celebrating that moment and seeing each moment of my time is way more than just boom, it's full of the past promises of God. It's full of the potential that's in me and it's the hope of the future and who God is. 
So often we th- we're tempted to think we're damaged beyond repair. We're damaged beyond use. And trust me, that's Satan talking to us, not God. It isn't him. If we surrender, he multiplies us into a purpose for him that truly does let us wonder at the miracles of God in us in each moment of every day because he fills us to feed others. As they sing here now, and I, I wondered if, if you would just wonder for a few minutes while they think. Wonder about what miracle God wants you to participate in your life. If, if nothing else, would you just let the miracle of God's saving grace flood your life and sit in the wonder of it all? You see, he truly does want to take bread and break it and give it to you to distribute that bread of life to everyone you come in contact with. Will you pray with me? Father, the next moment are here. Open our hearts for you to show us the miracle of our lives. In your name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.